It's season two, episode 29 of the Hall of Fame show, and Evan Nolan is back. And if you listen in the distance, so are the Whistling Frogs. Yeah, I still, I still maintain that you are in a Barbara's and James commercial just sitting on your porch swinging back and forth, <laughs> and that's the actual noise, but still, I, sure, I'm, frogs. I'm going to take, I'm going to try to take a picture of some of these frogs. It will amaze you just how small they are. They're, they're not even mm. the size of a quarter. Well, my kids would love them. When we were up in Wisconsin, they spend most of their time chasing around toads at night, just going and picking them up. And toads don't like being picked up, in case you're wondering, and they pee all over you as their defense mechanism. And they, my kids just don't care. They're like terrified of a lot of things, but toads, no, toads are ridiculously cute. So I know I'm going to be one of those guys who, when somebody talks about their kids, they just relate with a dog, but Mm -hmm. I don't have kids. My dog is not afraid of a thousand pound elk, but is afraid of umbrellas. Mm. Fair enough. Don't know. Yeah. But it's good to have you back, man. Uh, thanks for uh, thanks to Glenn Pulowski for stepping in on mm-hmm. very short notice. Uh, much appreciated. And he kept me in check. Well, he, he says he didn't try. He likes my old man moments, he says. Uh, <laughs> Should we open up with that? Sure, go ahead. All right, so on Kirk's shitbox... Ooh. I'm going to talk about yeah, tra- tra- trademark pending on that. And I'm still talking pending. Okay. Trademark pending. And we, 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 still, guy, we so. still need like, well, we still need the, the pants thing, like the pink thing for the, on the butt, just Kurt shitbox on a bunch of pants, sweatpants. I like that. I like that. Anyway, continue. Now I'm just picturing rather large women at the airport wearing that. <laughs> I, I don't know why I've got that in my head, but. Uh, so when Kirk Shitbox, hey, it, 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 it can be large men. We're, we're gender neutral here. <laughs> Good. It almost ties in with the whole Olympic thing, isn't it? Because we're uh, deep into uh, week two of the Olympics. Mm-hmm. The worst Olympics ever, I'd like to point out. In- Why do you think it's the anyway. worst Olympics ever? I want to hear. I want to hear your actual what? reasoning. Okay, this this isn't. A, okay, this is not part of the shitbox, but okay. I'll, I'll, I'll go there. Uh, it's being held by a country that didn't want it, by fans that can't go, by fans who didn't want it, uh, with rules that make no sense across the board in terms okay. of drug policies and the whole, everything sort of really come to light. Uh, that Shikari Richardson's not there and some other people can. That there were some deliberate things that we talked about with Castro Semania and some other ones that I learned about in Africa yeah. uh, who were not allowed to participate. But we have someone who's trans who could who was doping the other way right and didn't couldn't even lift once never even got out of the first round so right uh and for those who are saying well see it shows that there wasn't any advantage that's a load of horseshit because this person was 43 and never should have been there in the first place correct yeah but uh i want to talk about simone biles and there's a lot of people going so crazy one way or the other and to both of those to those who say she's a complete quitter and a disgrace to the country go fuck yourself uh with something with something sharp and hopefully it's tested with tetanus (laughs) yeah and and for those who say it's the most heroic thing she's ever done now what basically happened here is simone biles became human Mm -hmm. that's what this is this is a simple as that and there was some i went on her twitter and there was something that i just i'm just gonna bring this up 
that she retweeted, uh, I forget from who, but it was just somebody who I guess knows her well. And I just thought I'd read that and just sort of like, maybe we can sort of go through that and really put in perspective why Simone Biles did quit. Cause she did quit. I mean, you can't, anyone who says that she, that she didn't quit doesn't understand the word quit, but calling her a quitter, I got a problem with. Cause, okay. she, cause she did quit mid, mid event. Because she basically got in her own head, and I got a theory on that, but which which I'll get. Uh, all right, go, go ahead. I'm, I'm gonna, I'll let you go, and then I'm going to go back to the that whole quitting thing. So go ahead. Okay. All right. So it, this is from someone else. So it makes me so frustrated to see comments about Simone Simone not being mentally tough enough or quitting on her team. We were talking about the same girl who was molested by her team doctor throughout her entire childhood and teen years. Won the all around championship title while passing a kidney stone. Didn't know that. Uh, uh, put her body through an extra year of training through the pandemic. And before we go in, let's just these two things along. Larry Nasser, you talked about on the show. Uh, yeah. I think we can pretty much agree is the biggest piece of shit. It's going to be harder. If we, if we did a piece of shit Hall of Fame, he might have his own wing. You know? He's, he, he would be definitely in the running for first ballot and everyone who covered up for him because they knew about that we i talked about the fbi a month yeah. ago probably and yeah. they're just like ah, oh, yeah u.s gymnastics is lying to us that person seems shady so we're not even bothered to investigate exactly so we don't know specifically what happened and nor do are we entitled to know correct uh either way it was creepy as fuck even if you know i'm not even gonna go in any further I, I, either way it was a mind fuck mm -hmm. and she survived it all right, so da, da, da. added so much difficulty to her routines that the judge literally did not know how to professionally grade her skills, which you've talked about before. Right. They they were not they were not giving her any additional credit for any of her things because they're worried someone else might attempt it and get injured. Which, so they were so anytime they wouldn't give her additional credit, but if she failed doing it, they were giving her the same demerits they give anybody else yeah and she still ridiculous kept winning yeah uh so da, 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 da. all this while maintaining her responsibilities to her endorsement deals media personal relationships etc uh da, da, da. so just to, to that I, I, that something else sort of stuck with me when when i'm reading this leading going into this uh while i'm like from down here i'm usually i'm trying to get as much nbc coverage just easier down here for me to get that so i've been watching american coverage of the olympics mm -hmm. and simone is everywhere like i don't know how many commercials that i've seen mm -hmm. piles upon piles upon piles so i guess a lot of them were shot recently i would think so i'd never seen them before okay but let's say over the last 24 months sure okay certainly so, you know, obviously very time consuming. And this is the first time that I can think of that the US didn't really have multiple faces of the Olympics. You had Simone as your main face. Who is your number two? Megan Rubino, who a lot of people don't like. Allison Felix. Who they're not promoting the hell out of her. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like Allison Felix is amazing. And why she's not getting enough press, I don't know. Uh, Katie Ledecky, I do know why, and, and I'm going to be blunt and say this, it's because she's not attractive, and I, I don't mean to say this in a brutal way, I'm no matinee idol, I know this, but 
You're 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 a more attractive Ricky Schroeder. I'm a, yeah, I used to be the less attractive Ricky Schroeder. Now I, I think I've kind of passed them in a way. But mm-hmm. Katie Ledecky looks like if Steffi Groff and Barry Manilow had a kid. You can't market that. Wow. Yeah, okay. I went maybe I stuck. <laughs> you know? But she's she also doesn't have a personality. When you see her doing an interview, it's nothing. It's milk time. Mm-hmm. Simone Biles, when you look at her, she smiles. She, you, how do you root against Simone Biles? You can't. Right. Uh, she's so contagiously cute and happy that at a clan meeting, they're saying, you know, I, I like this girl. Maybe I not. Know, I, feel, I, I feel like there are a few people who attend clan meetings who are not liking her on the air recently. So, well. <laughs> Not that, but not that much. I mean, like if you look at the the Twitter reactions towards her, it's mm-hmm. been ninety five five positive. Yeah, and uh, the her her issue allowed a whole bunch of mediocre white men who couldn't do, ever ever attempt anything she did to somehow feel better about themselves by not just that. white men, mediocre people. Period. It was mostly mediocre white men. It was the Piers Morgans of the world. Well, Morgans of the world. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that. Piers Morgan, Charlie Kirk was a bit of a dick, a lot of a dick. Yeah. Charlie Kirk. The only thing, only world record Charlie Kirk will ever have is biggest distance between his eyebrows and his hairline. <laughs> that dude should sell. He, he should sell space that you could see from space from whatever for whatever he wants there. But and that dude, I just sorry, Charlie Kirk for a second. I don't want to go political. No, go, go. Charlie Kirk is ripping on a girl. Do you know? Do you know how old Charlie, Charlie Kirk is? I just learned he's twenty-seven. He's twenty-seven. You know what he is selling on his program? No. Cream to take care of the aches and pains he gets. At age twenty-seven. Yeah. So he can go jump off a small pier. He would not be able to. Charlie Kirk dropped out. Of and no, I'm not meaning to be classist about this. He dropped out of community college because it was too hard. And he's on there saying that we're raising a generation of weak people like Simone Biles. Okay. Let's let's put a bit in that because I do want to go a bit back yeah. to that. Sorry, go ahead. Go back. Go back. I'm I'm interrupting your your. Uh, uh, it's okay. Uh, I mean, there's there's more to it than this, but. Uh, that this this was posted, but I thought that was put in a lot of perspective. All the shit that was going on through her head, not just mm-hmm. having to be the best gymnast, not just having to be the face of the Olympics for the United States, the one of the three countries that gives a shit the most, uh, including China mm-hmm. and Russia, who is who isn't officially at the Olympics. No. <laughs> Explain this one. How was it they went from Olympic athletes from Russia to the Russian Olympic Committee? Make that make sense. Yeah. And why are they there? That, well, whatever. Anyway, that's a that's that's not. They, they were trying not to punish the Russian athletes who have never been caught doping. Essentially, is what it came down to. But whatever. Yeah. Continue. All right. So yeah, Charlie Kirk's of the world. He he got this way off. And then some of the people who immediately said, this is the bravest thing I've ever seen. We're also way off. This is someone being human who had the weight of the world. And then added one, this is my theory about why it just all fell apart. Had one big weight that she's never had before. She failed. Mm. 
She had a horrible, not horrible, horrible by her standards. Right. She still qualified for a bunch of individual events. Mm-hmm. I think three. So, but by her standards, Simone wasn't Simone and it wasn't because of injury. We know, but she said so. Right. And we have no reason to doubt her at this point because wouldn't she, wouldn't they say that? It'd be a lot easier. Sure. So she got in her own head. Simone got in her own head and for the, and I, and I watched the replay of that and you could see it. You could just see panic. I know that look, it was panic that she had when she had to make another, she just couldn't do it. Yeah. She she, she couldn't do it. Yeah. She said she lost her mental landing point. Yeah. Which, which when you're flipping through the air four times and doing three twists is something that could kill you legitimately. Absolutely. Absolutely. So for the first, so here's a woman who nobody doubted, including herself. Mm-hmm. Now she doubted herself and it happened Jason just like it. that. So that yeah. on top of everything else, she just didn't know what to do. Basically putting metaphorically, she's never been punched in the face before. She's never been, mm-hmm. she's never dealt, never had to recover from something like this in her life. And she didn't know what to do. And it just so happened to happen at the Olympics. And you add that on top of everything else mm-hmm. is sort of why she had, well, she, she choked. I mean, mm-hmm. and, that, and, that, and that's what it is. So she did quit. She did choke, but I don't want to call her a quitter because a quitter is someone who just doesn't even try to do anything. Right. But here, here's, here's where I want to go back to. Do you remember yeah. Chuck Knobloch? Yeah, I was thinking about him a lot with the with the yips. Yeah, he, he had the yips, right? He essentially just could not throw to first base. Like he just mm-hmm. couldn't do it, right? Yeah, Frank Thomas, if you hit the ball to first base, Frank Thomas could not hit the could not throw to second base, like his entire career, right? And they kept going out there and trying, and it would be failures or sometimes be success, whatever. The difference there is if you overthrow first base while all the Yankees fans are mad at you, it's not a life or death situation. Mm-hmm. Simone, not, I'm not saying officially everything's life and death. She lands wrong. It's, it could be. But it's just it's too dangerous to her physical health for that to happen. Now, she did come back for the balance beam. Mm-hmm. And one of my buddies was like, oh, is she better now? Oh, he said a little more snarkly than that. And I said, I just think that balance beam is different because even though it's a smaller area, you're not doing four flips at a time yeah, yeah. while doing it, unlike the vault and the uneven bars and, and floor. So that one was a little different. And she got the bronze in that, I think, right? Yeah, yeah she got the bronze. She got the bronze, right? So that one's a, that one's a little easier to overcome if that were her actual issue. Um, but it certainly didn't hurt her teammate. Her teammate's still on gold, right? No, I, absolutely. And it's and I think that's really where I, I was getting more upset watching all this. So watching the Charlie Kirks of the world just saying, well, this is just awful, blah, blah, blah. And then watching it, well, this is the most heroic thing. Like, no, you're both wrong. This is this is a person being a person. Fair enough. No, that and, that's and I, a, that this is like the most subdued shitbox you've ever had. I like <laughs> you you're you're middle of the roading this in a correct way though. I think oh, I think oh. I completely understand what you're saying. Uh yeah, the, the, uh, the overreaction on one side was laughable. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think, I think of the weight, because Naomi Osaka also, she lit the torch and then had a terrible time at the Olympics. And we, we, but we've had, we've had a series of these 
women of color who have had a little bit of issue with the amount of pressure that's been going on with them. There's a pattern over the last few months. Um, is it a pattern or is it just a fluke? It could be a fluke. You know, it could be a fluke, right? But it's all the folks who rally behind Naomi Osaka, it's even easier to rally around Simone Biles. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, I, here's a question for you. If Naomi Osaka doesn't have the issues that she had leading into the French Open mm -hmm. uh, and had to take a, a mental health break from the French Open in Wimbledon, mm -hmm. if, that ha if that doesn't happen and Simone doesn't see that, Naomi's pretty much, I don't want to say given a pass, but given a, a world of understanding, because mm -hmm. this is a different world than it was 20 years ago. Oh, it's a different world than it was five years ago. Okay. Well, in terms of mental health, mental health's come also, a long way. Well, I, I agree with that. I'm still yeah. saying five years ago, mental health. Okay. All right. So let's say, let's say five years ago. Um, mm -hmm. Is it like, does Simone then maybe in the back of her head, I don't know. I don't know if they're friends or not. I assume they, they know each other in some capacity. I'm sure but she already knows that there's a pathway that maybe I'm not going to get completely obliterated. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's possible. I don't think there's that that's something we're ever going to know the answer to. Um, she might not know the answer to. She may not know the answer. And, and, and in Naomi Osaka's defense about how badly she did at, at uh, the Olympics, mm -hmm. she hadn't really played a competitive match in and it's, three and a half months. She just looked rusty more than anything else. Well, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I look at it. Uh, Naomi did fine. I, I think because well, last one with Glenn, I, I talked. Oh, I actually want to amend something I said with, with Glenn because I realized something after. Because I said, because there was a lot of people who were upset that Naomi Osaka was lighting the torch. And mm -hmm. I, I was looking at it, well, if I was living in Japan, you know what? I think I would want someone who actually lives in Japan. Mm -hmm. But what I failed, to, I failed to remember was how happy I was when we had the four torchbearers or for like in, in, in Canada, one of them was Steve Nash. Mm. And I, okay, Steve Nash hasn't lived in Canada forever. Right. You know, uh, whereas Gretzky did and the other one, the other two. So, I, you know, I, I just had to, th I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't know what Naomi Osaka means to Japan. And yeah, so, fair enough. Fair so enough. I want to sort of retract that. I might be right. This is this is a kinder, gentler Kirk Buchner today, my friend. Buchner. <laughs> Buker. Buker. Yeah, sorry. The buke. The buke. The buke stops here. The buke goes into the toilet. Uh, no, I don't know. I mean, like, it's that's something I felt passionate about. I, I, I got was, was getting upset watching all these crazy reactions. You know who actually I thought had the best reaction? And this is gonna blow your mind. I, I wrote I wrote it down here. Let me find it. Ben fucking Shapiro. Okay. Yeah, where is this? Yeah, exactly. Damn it, I can't find it. I had it all here. Not so much. Either way, it was Simone. Was it? Uh, I'll try to. I'll try to remember this. Simone is not uh, an awful person, or uh, for 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 for, uh, for not competing at the Olympics. Simone is not a not a hero for for that. Simone is Simone. I, you know, that's not right. exactly what she said, but basically, basically same idea. Let's put it in perspective, which is not always what he does best. But I thought that was kind of interesting. Some of his uh, stable mates <laughs> went the exact opposite way, but Sta I think stable mates is a good is a good. Place, so yeah.
Yeah. But anyway, all right. Hey, was it was was that it for you? That was that's pretty good. Well, yeah. I mean, more or less. I mean, I, I think the reactions that a lot of and again, I'm for those new. I'm not American. I'm Canadian. So, I. I am cheering for the Canadians, obviously, in, in almost everything. Mm -hmm. uh, even in the bet that I have with you, I'm cheering U.S. basketball. Uh, mm -hmm. Exception. Uh, usually, when I cheer for anything American, but I've never seen so many Americans hate on their own. I've never seen this before. Yeah. Well, it's we are a country divided right now. Yeah. And, uh, both yeah. both both sides are rooting for America. They just have depth different definitions of what that is that's a, that, that, that's a very it's a very apt thing and i think uh my elevator down i'll be talking a bit more about that but yeah that that's my shit box it's just basically let's put this in perspective simone biles is she still is she the goat yeah she's still the goat uh i i do think though that that when you, when you said she's the greatest athlete period that's done she can't greatest athlete period don't joke I don't think that's done. Yeah. Who, 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 here's the question. Who are you putting up above her? Right now? Mm -hmm. Right now. LeBron. LeBron. LeBron has never choked. LeBron has choked. LeBron also has a lot more competitive things. LeBron's never walked off a court. I, it, it, we're comparing an apple and an orange. It's, it's next to impossible to do. So just sorry, just by the way, with hyperbole, someone put up today who would win between if he had time to train LeBron and Mike Tyson in the 1980s in a fight Ooh. in a boxing match. And I first of all, that is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my life, because Mike Tyson would murderize him. And secondly, I would take all the people Mike Tyson beat in the 1980s also over LeBron. If LeBron was trained to fight, though. Yeah, no. <laughs> Buster Douglas would wipe the floor. So anyway, um, anyway, so, okay. Um, well, normally we go into the death rattle here, but I think it makes more sense to go into my good, bad and ugly just because of the. Oh, I, I got the hammer this time. Damn. Yeah, I think you do. So, uh, well, well, I guess we'll do both mine back to back here, but it just, right. since we've done so much Olympic talking and we were talking about Simone and everything anyway. I think it makes sense. So, by the way, what are you wearing? You got a USC hat on. What shirt you got today? Oh, uh, just Lone Star beer. Oh, okay. I got I got my uh, Notre Dame shirt on today. But uh, but just by the way, I'm thinking of uh, just wearing a random small businesses T-shirt every single time. Okay. Uh, so on uh, one of my dumb jerseys, which I'll I'll get back to that next week. Fair enough. Yeah, I may just start wearing uh wearing random uh, small business T-shirts from across the country that I've picked up. Nice. Or if anyone wants to mail me. I'm just looking for more t-shirts. Everyone wants to mail me a t-shirt. I will wear it and talk about your, your company for five seconds uh, or maybe even 15. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. I'm still getting, I got a cold three weeks ago and I can't get rid of the little cough. Um, anyway, so let's go to my, uh, my good. Uh, as much as this has been an Olympics of um, controversy and not the best thing, and it's, it's, it's ratings are uh, way down. I blame that more on NBC just randomly showing things and making it impossible to figure out what's on at what time. Uh, and they're doing a terrible job. Just by the way, I was watching men's water polo earlier between Spain and the United States. I don't know who won. I didn't actually, it was, we're getting towards the end. It looked like Spain was probably going to win. But they stayed there through an entire timeout. And as soon as they, they 
guys got back in to start the game again, they went directly to commercial. Yeah, NBC has been awful. It's, they've done a terrible freaking job with this. So part of the reason the Olympics are down is that, first of all. Also, everything's on at random times, and you can figure out what, what their results were ahead of time. But anyway, the one thing I do want to talk about is this Olympics, more than most, has been a great time for first Olympic first. Um, so did you know that San Marino, which a population of 34,000, people became the first smallest country ever to win a medal. I did know that. I did read that. Alessandra Perilli earned a bronze medal in women's trap shooting, making it the smallest country ever to medal at the games. To give you an idea, I grew up in a town of 20,000 people. So we're talking like a little, and my town doesn't make the map that I grew up in. Like, because we're right north of Boston, all the other towns are so much bigger. We literally don't get a dot on the map. So it's basically a country, a little like one and three quarters a size of mine, won a Olympic bronze medal. So freaking good for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, also winning bronze medals for the first time, the Philippines, which has competed in every single Olympics, won their first ever gold medal. Uh, when Hidalin Diaz won in weightlifting. Uh, also from weightlifting, um, uh, Turkmenistan won its first medal ever in the Olympics, for a silver medal. Uh, we also had from uh, Ecuador's uh, Naisi Patricia de Homes Barrera became the first woman ever from Ecuador to win a gold medal, also in weightlifting. Uh, we had Indonesia won their first ever gold medal today uh, in, in badminton. I'll tell my wife that. Yeah, so they won in badminton. So, um, but it's, uh, they've won medals in badminton before, but they have never won gold. Is it so good or just I'm sorry. Is it individual or oh no, a, a team in in men's. Uh, sorry, women's women's uh, uh, one. We also had Bermuda won their first ever gold medal at the games in uh, women's individual triathlon. Flora Duffy, uh, where that is a significant. That is it's different than I kind of feel like weightlifting and trap shooting or specialist. Sort of things, but triathlon seems like one of those things that a lot of countries do. Uh, Weightlifting, so. though, I mean, like, it, I, I know, I think it's there's something kind of special about that. Like when you look at weightlifting, running, and just base, just basic swimming, you, we pretty much know early on who's the fastest kid in school, who's the strongest kid in school. You right. know, you know. So, like, these are things that you already know pretty early, and like everyone sort of has lifted weights at some point in time. Some of these Olympic sports, no one's ever done. Yeah, right. Well, some people obviously have done it, but... Clearly, because they're competing in it. Yeah, but... but. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we also had Momiji Nish- Nishia, who mm-hmm. won 13 years old, oh. won a gold medal in street skating for Japan. Japan has absolutely wiped the floor in skateboarding with everyone else, which is crazy. Um, and, uh, one other thing I want to, uh, bring up, uh, and, and athlete, we saw one of the great confirmed, one of the greatest athletes in the history of the Olympics, our Cuban wrestler, me Jane, or I think it's my Mihain Lopez mm-hmm. won his fourth wrestling gold in four different Olympics, his fifth Olympics, his fourth gold in the same event. 
Do you know he becomes the fifth athlete ever to win four gold medals in the Olympics in the same event in, in their careers? Do you uh, can you name the other three of them are Americans? One's a New Zealand guy. I'll give you, I don't remember New Zealand guy's name. He won, it, he won it in sail. So that so so a Cuban, there's the guy who won in sailing. The other three are Americans. Out of order is one of them. Who are the other two? The same sport. Yep. The same event in the same, same sport. Event. All right. So Alzheimer's on track. I think order is the only one to do that in track. I want to guess Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps is one of them. All right. Is the other one a swimmer? Uh, I think the other one is track. Hold on. Oh. I've, I've all of a sudden, I've all of a sudden blanked on the other one. It's track. I'd have no idea. Hold on. Let me just double check, make sure I'm wrong. Not wrong. Yeah. So Paul Elbstrom, um, actually for, for Denmark Lewis, right? sailing. Oh, Carl Lewis in a long jump. Yes. Carl Lewis in a long jump is correct. Okay. I thought it was. Then you said no. And then I doubted myself. Okay. Yeah. And then, Carl. and then, uh, Kaori Icho of Japan, uh, in wrestling won. Uh, four gold medals, but in two different events. He did it at 58 kilograms and at 63. So technically, they, but there have been, in the history of the Olympics, there have been six people who have won four gold medals in four separate Olympics. And Mihain uh, Lopez becomes the sixth of them. So good for him. That's Clearly the greatest Olympic athlete in Cuban history. Yeah, definitely. So That's pretty good, good. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, I wanted to get, let's let's go for the good side of the Olympics because now we get to go back to the Olympics on bad. Um, so <laughs> my bad this week, my bad this week, we're going back to Simone Biles a little bit, even though it was misattributed, the quote originally was misattributed to him talking about Simone Biles. I just want to talk about Novak Djokovic. The Joker on Thursday of last week, um, trying to find the, the, direct quote that he had on it hold on did i i lost it i think somewhere hold on a second um let's go back there we go all right so no novak Djokovic's direct quote uh and again it was attributed to talk about simone biles it was not directly talked about simone biles uh was that Uh, oh, come on. I can't find the direct quote anymore. Somehow I lost it. Yeah, it's right there with my Shapiro quote. Yeah, hold on. Uh, essentially saying that if you're going to play at the top level, you have to be able to keep your cool, right? Mm -hmm. And that, that the idea that you could, uh, that you, if you can't keep your cool, you, you shouldn't be competing at the top level. Right. Um, let's see here. And then three days later. And then three days later, he lost badly in a tennis match in the in the uh, semifinals uh, to not the most heralded player. And during that match, through his racket, five rows up into the stands. Fortunately, there was no fans there for him to hit. And then two games or three games later, smashed his racket against the net post and basically acted like a petulant baby the entire time that he was there. And then his quote afterwards, which I do have that one. Hold on. 
His quote afterwards was, um, let's see here, because he was trying to get a golden, the golden slam, uh, that he was trying to win all four of the events because he already won Australian, the French, and Wimbledon. So he's going for it. Uh, it's all part of this, I guess. I don't like doing these sort of things. I'm so sorry for sending this kind of message. We're all human beings, and sometimes it's difficult to control your emotions. I didn't deliver yesterday and today. The level of tennis dropped, also due to exhaustion, mentally and physically. I gave up my all, whatever I left in the tank, which was not so much. Isn't that essentially what happened to Simone Miles? Uh, a lot of it. A lot of it. A, a so lot of it is, uh, so you, can't, you can't say this on Thursday and then two days later, smash your racket into a post because you're not doing great or throw your racket five. Like I understand I'm, I'm a fiery tennis player. I am. I, I'm kind of an insane person when I play tennis. I talk to myself all the freaking time. Right. And I've slammed my racket into the ground. I've been upset, but like throwing my racket five rows up into the stands. I'm just having volley back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just, just it, it wasn't a good look. I'm it's, just gonna leave it at that. Novak Djokovic, Djokovic is one of those people who could about their LeBron James is the greatest at his at his sport in the world. I mean, clearly he's won three of the four this year. He had the fourth one hasn't happened yet. He was going for the Golden Slam, hasn't didn't end up happening. But again, if we're gonna bash the bone Biles for 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 exactly yeah, we got to do the same thing with Joker for this one. No, I have to agree with you. I mean, if you're going to sort of like play that mental card game or like say, or say, well, rule out somebody for using that as, I don't want to say excuse, but a reason or an excuse, whichever way you want to paint it, then you better not mm -hmm. do anything with that same week. You know, even the same week within 40, it was legitimately within 40, like 50 yeah. hours. Like, yeah. So. Anyway, it's, it's like Gary Hart saying back in 1988, saying, you think I cheated my wife? Go ahead and follow me around and went directly from the press conference to a boat where he was had a boat with a whole bunch of uh, female accompaniment and got photographed all over the place. I thought it was just the one female, but I, I can't I can't remember, to be honest, I was nine. But I mean, just the idea of going directly from the press conference to a boat with someone who is not his wife uh, probably sunk his campaign. I, I always sort of go back to that when I, my dad and I used to talk about when Trump was uh, going going for it in 2016, and we always would go back to said like you, you remember like Trump had a hundred things worse than Gary Hart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, we do. everything's 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 different now. Yeah, yes, everything is different. What's ugly? Um, so, and then I guess I'm going to the ugly. Mm -hmm. um, I do want to point out my for two weeks ago we were supposed to do it I had been sick, uh, like I said, and we were going to do it and then and then Jasper unfortunately Dog. got ill. Um, and then I went on vacation and so weren't able to do it I just want to do I do want to point out that my, my uh, bad slash ugly end decided two weeks ago was University of Texas uh, bailing on the big 12 because Ooh. because Iowa State and TC were beating them in football too much. And so they had to get out so they can now get beaten routinely. Just so you know, here's a question for you. Here's a question for you, ready? Sure. How many, so big 12 has existed since uh, 1990 or yeah, 1998, I believe. Mm -hmm. How many, no, it was 96. 
How many championships in football has Texas won since 1996 in the Big 12? Four? Two. Yeah. Just seems like it would be more than that. Two. You know how many Nebraska has won? I don't think they've done that well in the last little while. Uh, well, they're not in the Big 12. They are not, so the, they're, not, they're now in the, the Big 10 slash 14. Uh, they've been in there. They've been in there since what 2005. Let's see. Nebraska was really good in the late 90s. Uh, three, I guess. Yes, I guess correct. That's the correct number. So, so Nebraska hasn't been in there for 15 years and has one more championship than Texas, who thinks that they're the biggest shit this side of the Pecos. Uh, they're going to get their ass kicked routinely in the SEC, and I am here for it. Why Oklahoma, why Oklahoma will hold their own. It sucks that the Big 12 is breaking up altogether. Like Iowa State and TCU and Baylor and Kansas State are have trouble. Some will pick up Kansas. Some will get Oklahoma State. Um, but And West Virginia will probably end up taking Notre Dame's spot in the ACC unless the ACC and SEC. Wait, but West Virginia is in uh, the SEC, aren't they? SEC, no. They're, when Big East broke up, they went to the Big 12. Oh, that's right. Okay. So... It, they should have gone to the ACC because they're right there with Pitt. They're like, they're like the, they're the school between Pitt and Virginia Tech. Like they're right there in between those two schools. So like the midway point. No, no, no. So well, they, that border between Pennsylvania and West Virginia, man, as soon as you cross that border, something feels different. Yeah. Well, the roads, the roads go down to one lane. They're one lane roads all the way through that state. It's a very strange state to drive through if you've never done it. Um, but West Virginia is probably going to have in the ACC in Notre Dame spot unless there's a big, there's talks now the SEC and ACC may combine into one massive conference. They're trying to get Florida state and Clemson. And if, like the whole thing is just a mess this whole time they've been talking, sorry, again, this is not my, my ugly for the week. I just want to talk about for two weeks ago, but this whole time the NCAA has been talking about how amateurism, 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 they actually just agreed to pay three and a half million dollars uh, to the plaintiffs in the Ed O'Bannon case for having that they owe them an escrow for what they should have gotten while this was all going on, right? Um, but this whole thing is a freaking money grab. And Texas is, Texas still thinks that Vince Young is their quarterback. <laughs> Texas has not been an important college football team in over a decade. As much as they think otherwise, it doesn't matter. They don't matter. They're gonna go into the SEC. Alabama's gonna kick their ass. LSU's gonna kick their ass. Georgia's probably going to kick their ass. And now Texas A&M, at least for the first next few years, is also probably going to kick their ass. And Oklahoma always kicks their ass. So they're looking at five losses a season at best. They're screwed. Yeah. No, so I... congr congratulations. Some, uh, congratulations. You got what you want. Now, you, what is it? You, you, you buttered your bread. Now sleep in it, right? So you made your bed. Now eat it. Nice. So anyway, that. So that's the University of Texas. That was from two weeks ago. I just had to bring that out because we obviously get talked about it otherwise. Uh, so my actual ugly for this week is one of my favorite whip, whipping boys, the NHL. Um, what Silky Johnson? What can you say about the NHL that hasn't been said about Afghanistan? Um, <laughs> I bring that up all the time, but um, <laughs> um, so what has happened to the NHL over the last time? Now I'm going to say Seattle Kraken. Great, great team name. I'm glad there's a team in Seattle. 
it would be nice if their general manager knew the rules of signing players. I don't know if you saw one of their contracts was voided out today because he violated the rules of, of jumping a salary uh, in the future, which uh, is just stupid. But anyway, uh, so it got voided. They'll fix it. Not a big deal. Uh, other than that, congratulations, Seattle. You deserve a team. It's great to have you back. Uh, and the Kraken is an awesome name. Sockeyes also would have been an awesome name, but the Kraken is a, is a, is a great name. Um, Sockeyes wouldn't uh, work in hockey. Wouldn't work in any other sport. Yeah, working. Yeah, that le- legitimately. Um, so maybe MMA if they had if they had a, a league. Um, so uh, when it came to what's been going on in NHL, the most recent one. If there's one thing we've learned with uh, with athletes recently, whether it's Ben and Juliana Zobrist or the Canes, don't get divorced. Uh, although Ben and Juliana Zobrist, I, uh, Juliana Zobrist also would, 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 for very different reasons, end up on that list of worst people in the country. Um, yeah, but this, this in, in this case, though, did, this, kill, this is killing going to kill a career. Evander. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, Juliana Zobrist sleeping with her pastor, who is also the person Ben Zobrist was calling about to work on his marital issues uh, and then him stepping away for the game. Well, he's taking that, a hands-on approach. Yeah. But I'm stepping, away, stepping away from the game to try and work <laughs> things out with his wife. And now she is suing for lost income that, from the time he took away from the game uh, as part of the divorce decree. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, anyway. But, but the Canes that hold my beer. Yeah, then the cane said, hold my beer. Uh, Holy shit. I honestly think this is worse. Oh, of course it's worse. So uh, here's the thing. So I, like I said, I was on vacation. And so we're in the great north woods of Wisconsin. You don't get a ton of internet up there. But we did a little bit up in the cabin. So I had uh, the computer open and I uh, tuned into Twitter and they had Pete Rose was tre- trending. <laughs> and I'm like, what did Pete Rose say now? And then I clicked on it. You know, you can expand it. And it said, yeah. Pete Rose, t- trending with Evander Kane. And I was like, all right, how does this work? <laughs> and the answer is all too well. Yep. Uh, so Evander Kane is being accused by his ex-wife. Um, and I would like to point out, and I'll get to the reason why I'm, I'm picking on the NHL, not just Evander Kane. Um, but Evander Kane's wife basically came out during the divorce decree saying that he has been betting on his own games and sandbagging in well, places. Not just, not just that. It, he did, did that in social media. Continue. No, no, that's it. She did that, which what she said in the divorce. Like this was on social media for everyone to see. Right. But she also went to the NHL with it as well. But yeah, okay. the divorce decree and, and everything else. But yes. But she basically went to the NHL and said that he bet on his own games and intentionally tanked games for gambling profit, which is something not even Pete Rose has ever done. Pete Rose never, ever tanked a game. He may have bet his, on his own games, but he always bet to win. Right. Like, even by his own admission. That dude, you say what you want about Pete Rose and he's an a-hole and everything else. I know you've met him before. I've met him. Uh, but Pete, Pete wants to win. Pete wants, wanted to win. Charlie Hustle. He used to make fun of him for routinely sprinting to beat out grounders to first base, right? Like that dude always won win. He bet on games, but he bet on for his team. Mm-hmm. If Evander Kane bet against his team, 
This is far worse than the Black Sox scam. No, I'm not the Black even... Sox were not being paid and were completely being screwed over. Evander Kane is being well compensated for what was going on. I'll, you know what? Uh, I say, I was gonna say, I, I mean, I guess I, since I have to worry about liable, but all right, let's just put this all together. We know he here's a hockey player in the middle of his peak paying period or salary yes. period, who went already filed for bankruptcy. Yeah. How does this happen, first off? Well, I guess maybe we know how this happens. He gambles a lot. Yeah, it's the, sa- it's the same thing that happened with Antoine Walker. Antoine Walker was bankrupt during most of his career. Sharif Abdul-Rahim was bankrupt during most of his career because they, they A, have no idea how to take care of money, not, not just them, because nobody knows how to take care of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's, that's a business I work in. Right. I, I work just so you guys don't know. I work with the financial services industry. This isn't your full time gig. This is believe it or not. This is not my full time gig. Um, and one of one of my my favorite. Let me just give you my favorite statistic within our industry. Ready? Let's see if you can guess. Between receiving a life insurance check. And buying a new car in the United States. Mm-hmm. How long is that time period on average? I'm guessing not very, what, 12 hours? Oh, you're, you're, you're way under. Most, pe- most people who I say this to, because I bring this up in every class, I'm a training person, so I bring this up in every class. Uh, they're like, I don't know, a week, whatever. It's 31 hours. Okay. It's 31 hours between getting an inheritance check and buying a new car, right? Nobody has any idea to handle money. We would be better off as a country eliminating calculus being taught altogether, because calculus it exists only to teach other people calculus and making that a college course and just making everyone take a personal finances class. Like at the whole, everything would be better in this country if we did that, right? But these people end up with a whole bunch of money, have no earthly idea what to do with it. And everybody around them is like me, 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 me. And they want their part, they want their piece. And gambling is a huge issue for guys like this. Yeah, Vander Kane is 30 years old. He's right in the middle of his career. He's right. I mean, hockey players, he's probably got one of those body types that's probably not going to make it to 40. No, but but he hasn't had a decline yet. Some players have True. declined already. He's he's still doing well. But then, so I'm, I was looking at his stats. Obviously, I haven't watched a lot of Sharks games. There was no reason to, certainly, last year. No, no. Uh, so, like, he, he hasn't been a player that I've been watching a lot lately, just mainly because of where, where he was playing. But... So you're looking at a style, like nothing's going to pop out except for now he led the league twice in penalty minutes. Yeah. Which is, I don't, I never thought of him as this type of brawler. So I, I have to imagine when they're looking back at a lot of that, I mean, like if he's tanking, what's he doing? Like getting dumb penalties on purpose? Like, I, I don't know. Uh, I did see something, although I didn't click on it because it was a paywall. It was on the Atlantic or the Athletic. I forget which one. I think the Atlantic. And it basically said that four of his teammates wanted him gone before all this shit went. So this is probably one of those open secrets in that locker room, possibly already. Uh, even when she was due, when uh, I, I've forgotten, I want to say Anna. Is Anna Benson. <laughs> I was yeah. going to say Anna Benson. Maybe yeah. I actually don't know her. I actually don't know her name. I'll figure that out. Go ahead. Keep talking. All right. So Evander's a strange wife, we'll, we'll just say. Mm-hmm. Also posted that 
the teammates gave like a gambling for dummies book or something or how to win at the tables. Uh, it, it is Anna, by the way. I'm bad at this. It is Anna, by the way. Anna, okay. So you, you bet against the Harlem Globetrotters? <laughs> I thought they were due. I thought the generals were due. <laughs> Come on, he's just, he's just, he's not even dribbling it. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, the, it's it's a whole the whole thing's a bad look it's it's such a this goes back to what i say about hockey players they are the most boring people when the cameras are on mm-hmm. no i always said when the cameras are on mm-hmm. not when it's off i've got some stories i can tell you off camera about things i know from uh hotel stuff i'll leave it at that well, he for his his side of this, he uh, says that she's crazy. She needs to stop making stuff up and everything else. Uh, so we're now in the situation where it's a he said, she said that's going out through everything. It, it's never gonna work out. But the reason that, mm-hmm. as bad as the Vander Kane situation is, the reason that I'm saying the NHL is a big loser right now is they. And do you know what comes out in two days? It comes out in two days. Uh, no. The Chicago Blackhawks actually comes out tomorrow. I'm sorry. The Chicago Blackhawks are releasing their results of the sexual assault investigation into their own coach. Oh, God. So it's the internal investigation. Danny Wirtz, the CEO, is saying that the individual uh, independent investigation that they've done uh, when using a local law firm here in Chicago is going to have the findings and make them public on the 4th, which is tomorrow. <laughs> Is the defense going to be sort of like what Cuomo did? Just look, look, look at these pictures of me. I do this with everybody. Yeah, and then and then like showing pictures of like other people having hugging each other. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was great. Uh, that, I don't know, like that one. And then uh, I don't know if you saw today. I don't know if you saw today. Mo Brooks, who's a representative here, who's one of the people very involved in the January sixth thing, served as his own lawyer in a court case. And said that he couldn't be sued for what happened on January 6th because he was just he was just uh, doing what the president told him to do. And basically, his whole defense was essentially like Trump was involved in the insurrection from the beginning. I'm just he's the president. Just doing what he told me to do. The whole thing was really, really bad. I was just following orders. Never serve as never, ever, ever serve as your own attorney. But anyway, um, so so the Blackhawks and uh, allegations here, we have Brad Aldrich, um, who was their former video coach uh, who has a plethora of sexual assault uh, things against him and a former Blackhawks player saying that everyone knew about the sexual assault and nobody did anything about it. Um, So that's coming out tomorrow or maybe Friday at the latest or probably Friday. It's most likely a Friday afternoon news dump, right? Because that's when most of these things happen. Uh, if they if they don't do it on Friday, then good on them because that's what most people would do. And then finally, we have the Montreal Canadiens. I don't know if you remember. This is something else we get to talk about because I was gone, or uh, I was on vacation when this happened. I think so. With the NHL draft, and there was a guy, Logan Mayu, who was playing for the London Knights and had consensual sex with a girl took a picture of it without her consent and was basically passing around with his teammates in the locker room. Understandably, the girl's upset. 
about this. And he tried to take himself out of the NHL draft. Okay. He had a non-apology apology, which is very common. Sorry if anyone was offended. He did say he had to do better, but he said he took him, he was trying to take himself in the NHL draft this year because he was not mature enough to be drafted this time. He's going to take the year and whatever. Like it was not an apology apology, but that was at least seeming well, like a step in the right age. That's pretty damn impressive though. Yeah, I agree. The, the apology itself sucked. That step was much better. Okay? He's on camera. I told you hockey players can't do shit on camera. Yeah, well, that, that makes sense. So he tried to take himself out of the draft. We found out, unfortunately, at the end of the first round, that a player is not allowed to take themselves out of the draft, which seems a little bit like forced indentured servitude, but whatever. Um, but the Montreal Canadiens drafted him in the first round at pick, I think, 24 or whatever it was. And let's just say the guys on the NHL Tonight studio, because I was watching that one live, mm-hmm. not enthused. Uh, they, they were visibly angry at the decision that had been made uh, by Montreal. So we have the sexual abuse thing from the Blackhawks coming out. We have the Canadians. I'm not going to say one of the NHL flagship franchises, the NHL flagship wow. franchise. You're a Bruins. That hurts me as a Bruins. That hurts me as a Bruins. They are. They Evan, are the flagship franchise in the NHL. Evan, let's put a full stop here. That is, no, anything else that we could possibly say, nothing will shock me more than what you just said. You say that. What can I say? I'm a Red Sox fan, and the Yankees are the flagship franchise of the MLB. I mean, the the Celtics are the flagship franchise of of, of the NF, of the NBA because the the Los Angeles Lakers are counting them Minneapolis titles, which is why I think Minneapolis should be counting the Los Angeles titles the same way. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it is the most, it is the only show in town in Montreal. It's the only team in town and no offense to the Alouettes, right? It's, it's the only team in town in the NHL. It is, it is a team that has most recently been to the finals, lost the finals and the team that most recently won a Stanley Cup to Canada, which is depressing. I'm sorry. 19... 1993, 28 years ago, was the last was the last Canadian team to win the Stanley Cup. Oh, can I segue to something right now? Go ahead. All right, that, that's actually a perfect do, time for self promotion. Oh, please. 1993, where the next episode of the Classic Sports Review will be Joe Carter's "Touch 'Em All." Joe, you'll oh, never hit a bigger one. I love Joe Carter on the flagship, on the mothership, mothership. Now I'm ripping that off to someone else. On nonhalloween.com. Excellent. Excellent. Well, yeah, 93 is a big year for Canada. Um, but yeah, the, the NHL's got all three of these things going at the same time, and they are not a league that is good at dealing with problems. No, they're uh, and Gary Bettman. Gary Bettman is not a man who Gary Bettman, I still maintain to this day is an NBA spy. <coughs> He is a high-placed NBA asset who they put there in 1995 or whenever and has been there ever since and has done all he can <laughs> to try and make the NHL as unpopular as possible. Although I do have to say, them getting on ESPN instead of NBC's uh, former Spike channel uh, <laughs> is... Uh, no, it wasn't Spike, it was Versus. Remember yeah. Versus? Versus, yeah. uh, television for white folks. 
uh, sports white folks. It was just the Tour de France and hockey and uh, stuff like that. But um, yeah, they they are there in some serious duty. This is bad. This is really really bad for the NHL in a time when they should be celebrating uh, a new franchise coming in. Probably the last franchise yeah. coming in because it doesn't make any sense to go more than thirty two. It doesn't make sense for hockey to have thirty two teams anyway. But yeah. it certainly doesn't make sense for hockey to go to more than thirty. Hockey's done so well in the United States over the last thirty years in in growth and, and everything. And yeah, uh, it, it's press they don't need. I think they'll they'll sort of not that I like what aboutism, but the scandals in hockey kind of pale to what goes on everywhere else, or at least Probably what you know about. Probably true. I mean that that's entirely possible. It's just it's just that these it's a storm going around the NHL right now. Three things that they don't want to deal with all at once, and it's uh, it's good. They're gonna have a bad rest of this week. I'll tell you that right now. That it, when regardless of what comes out from the Blackhawks, the Blackhawks like nothing happened. That's gonna be a shit storm. If the Blackhawks are like something happened. That's gonna be a shit storm. Like it 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 doesn't doesn't necessarily matter what happened what happens with that that is that and Evander Kane I'm throwing in I'm throwing in the draft pick for the Canadians but like that and Evander Kane are going to haunt this league for the entire 2021-2022 season at least it's so simple maybe you don't sexually abuse people here's a thought <laughs> that has never been tried before my friend uh mm. <laughs> so, uh, anyway so that, that that's my good bad and ugly all right. So, so, so speaking of some people whose careers are dead, we've got some people who are dead. Oh, by the way, before we get there, happy 100th uh, birthday to Rocket Richard today, by the way. Ah. Would have been his 100th if he uh, were still with us. Well, it still is his 100th, but he's just no longer yeah. here. So. Ah, Rocket Richard. Love that guy. Yes. So, anyway. Um, all right. So, I'm going to go through. We have a whole bunch of people who died in, in the world of music this week, but our biggest person is over there. So, I'm going to start outside of that instead. Um, so, I'm going to start with Canadian uh, Hall of Famer and one of the Canadian Baseball Hall of Famer and one of the last surviving members of the uh, Women's Baseball League, Helen Nickel, passed away at the age of 101. Damn. Okay. Uh, she went. Between 1943 and 1952, she pitched for the Kenosha Comets from 43 to 47 and the Rockford Peaches hmm. from 47 to 52. Went 163 and 118 in her career with a 189 earned run average, uh, which is, seems pretty good in terms of uh, earned runs. So, but she, uh, all-time leader in games pitched, innings, wins, and strikeouts in league history. Made it all the way to 101. Wow. So, uh, but she passed away, age of 101. It doesn't say why, I'm presuming, just old age. Just 101. Yeah, 101. It doesn't really matter at that point. It could literally be a fly landed on you and your hip broke. Mm -hmm. um, so, but congratulations to one, probably one of the greatest players in the history of that league. So, yep. Uh, for the world of wrestling, we lost a couple people. I don't know if you know either of them. Uh, Jody Hamilton, uh, who was a professional wrestler, promoter, and trainer, best known the as the yeah, one of the assassins. Yeah. She passed away at the age of 82. Yeah. Do you have anything to say about Jody? Uh, not 
not that much. I mean, good. when Jody Hamilton was wrestling, he was uh, was he was wrestling in mostly in the in territories outside of the WWF when I started watching, and he was winding down at that point. Uh, one interesting thing: he was the lead trainer at the WCW Power Plant, or the first lead trainer. Uh, mm-hmm. So a lot of the wrestlers at that World Championship Wrestling were, you know, they they would find he was one of their first trainers. But uh, yeah, uh, pretty he was a real big name in regional promotions. Yeah. Uh, so more in tag, more in tag teams with another assassin, but he was always the assassin. Right. No, he passed away in hospice care at the age of eighty-two. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also lost uh, the Super Porky passed away. Uh, Jose Luis Alvarado Nieves, also known as Brazo de Plata, yep. uh, passed away at the age of only 58. Well, Although, to be fair, he looks like he was 58 for his entire life. Yeah, when, you're, when you become Super Porky, I think that kind of says it all why you didn't make it to 60 and not trying to speak ill of the dead here, but it was yeah. an apt nickname. He was like five foot nothing. And well, his waistline might have been five foot nothing. It, yeah. it, it was not good dimensions. Correct. For, for Mr. Porky. Yeah, he, pa- he passed away of a heart attack at the age of 58. Um, but he is uh, part of a huge Alvarado wrestling family. Uh, his son, uh, Psycho Clown. It was actually the one who tried, yeah, tried to um, revive him, but it, it was not successful. But they have Lady Apache, Brazo de Oro, Brazo de Plaza, Brazo Cibernetico, Brazo de Platino, Super Brazo, La Mascara, El Brazo Jr., Maximo, Ramen, Psycho Clown, Goya Kong, uh, all of them, same family, uh, big Mexican rest, wrestling family, so. If, if I'm right here, I think Psycho Clown is one of the biggest names right now in Mexican wrestling. I could be wrong because I'm not. It's a, it, it, entirely possible. I can't say I know enough about it. Here, I'll, I'll click on his, his profile. Let's see what we got. Yeah. I, I, um, I had no idea that was his son. Yep. So, yeah, it appears that he is a pretty big deal. So, all right. Um, we lost, uh, during the Olympics here, we lost Pete George, uh, who won the gold medal in uh, – weightlifting in the 1952 Helsinki Olympic Games, as well as a, a, a silver in London and a silver in Melbourne in 56. Uh, By the way, um, did you see they awarded the 2032 Olympics? Unopposed? Unopposed. They, like, stopped every other country from, uh, from applying. Well, I anyway, well, um, was going for it. What was yeah. it like Oman and uh, Azerbaijan or something? Yeah, one was definitely asked by Sean. I remember what the other one was. Um, But anyway, so uh, he passed away at the age of 92. Uh, Why would anyone want the Olympics? That should have been my shitbox. It's a very good question. Because there there was an article that came out. So when I was in Boston, they were trying to push for Boston to get the 2020 Olympics. And basically the Republican, Democrat, young, old, black, white, regards to religion all rose up or like no fucking way um so as soon as the article as soon as they announced that they said that the boston should really apply for whatever olympics because it's a perfect place like why why would we do that isn't it nice when some things bring everything together yeah 
Yeah, the only people who wanted it were the politicians, and the politicians only wanted it because then they could line the pockets of their buddies. Like there was no advantage mm -hmm. to, to be honest, though, the one thing we did get out of it was they expanded public transportation to more areas uh, because they're like, oh, we may need to do it, but like, what, what are we, what are we, gonna, what are we doing here? So with, with LA, because they're going to happen soon and their massive homeless problem that's getting out of control. Oh, yeah. Like what well, the, I, I can't even imagine. Yeah. But, but I mean, the one thing is Boston wouldn't have to build any, I guess, facilities for stuff but great. sure they would we we have a velodrome we have the track like we have all pretty much everything there already it might be a couple we may need to be at an olympic stadium to be honest but or they'd have to use gillette down in foxborough which is in the middle of nowhere uh as much as you can be in the middle of nowhere in massachusetts that's where foxborough is so uh anyway back to Pete george right. uh, he passed away like i said at the age of 92. um we lost a Canadian uh, uh, silver medalist from the 1984 Olympics, Angela Bailey, oh, passed away at the, age of, at the age of 59. Uh, she had cancer uh, and also had a five-year struggle with mental illness. Uh, yeah, she was part of the 4x100 team that won silver in Los Angeles in 19. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good time to be a Canadian watching the 84 Olympics. We won so much because a whole bunch of countries didn't show up. Yeah. Hey, you, you can only play who's in front of you, my friend. So I'll, I'll, that's my, one of my favorite Simpsons gags, too. Like uh, with Crust, with, uh, they did a flashback. And uh, for Krusty Burger, you're giving away free burgers every time the U.S. wins a medal. And then they, they, mm -hmm. they do this one clip. And, and, uh, and now we're starting off the 100 meter, uh, whatever it was. And uh, we should mention that a lot of these countries have, don't have swimming pools. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, hold on one second here. Okay. Uh, I don't need that one. Decide not to mention that one. Uh, we lost thoroughbred horse racing Hall of Fame jockey David Gull. Uh, passed away at the age of 79. One of the 43-year career as a jockey. Uh, began in Regina and Edmonton and Calgary and Manitoba before going from, from there. But he's fourth all-time uh, in uh, races won for jockeys. Oh, wow. In history. He had 7,396 wins. That's disgusting. Like, how is that is possible? fourth. That is fourth all-time. Well, you want to know how many starts he had? Ready for this? Sure. 41,709. I guess if you're racing multiple horses in a yeah, in event, so yeah. yeah, he retired in from the industry in 2011, but he passed away at his home in State College, Pennsylvania, at the age of 79 uh, on on uh, Sunday. Um, we uh, also lost one of uh, one of the children of aviator Charles Lindbergh. John Lindbergh passed away at the age of 88. Uh, he is important because he's basically the creator of cave diving. Oh, believe it or not. he is the guy. He is the he is the man who basically made cave diving a thing. His he is the younger brother of the Lindbergh baby. I was going to ask. Passed away. I, um, and so he was just named John J O N uh, because they were reading about the Scandinavian history of the family and liked it. Hmm. Um, so he, um, that's why he was cave diving. He was looking for that age. 
He very, very well may have been. Uh, but yeah, he died of renal cancer in Lewisburg, West Virginia at the age of 88. So, but I didn't, it didn't occur to me that the Lindbergh children would still be alive. But I mean, at 88, that's not that, not that old. So, um, we also, before we get to sports, I just want to bring up one great, great American. Ron Popeil passed away this week. I saw that. The age of 86. Set it and forget it. Uh, <laughs> The, the inventor and business genius behind Ronco, uh, one of the, I don't want to say this, he is the patron saint of Billy Mays and the ShamWow guy and all those other blue, blue screen infomercials that you watch at, two, well, you probably don't anymore, but when we were younger and there's nothing else on at 2 a.m. after the last sports center went off the air, Just left that was what you watched. Yeah. So. Yeah. Or sometimes early afternoon, just or late afternoon, right before news at the end or the end of a sporting event, and they didn't know. Correct. Yeah, yeah. So Ron Propeil uh, was 86 years old. He passed away at Cedars Sinai of a medical emergency, but they didn't give what it exactly was. But 86 again, who knows, right? All right, now we get into sports. Oh, not sports, into music. Um, So actually, earlier today. Uh, Paul Johnson passed away, who is one who is one of the legends of house music here in Chicago. Um, he actually was very well known. Uh, he had a he had an international hit uh, called "Get da- Get Get Down" back in 1999 in in house music. Uh, he was very well known for being such a big guy in the industry, but he also was a double amputee. Uh, he lost one in, in uh, shooting in 1987, and he was in a car crash. Uh, some time later and lost the other one. Uh, but uh, just a pillar of the music community here in Chicago and unfortunately passed away from COVID uh, at the age of 50. Uh, actually today. Jesus. I saw that right before I popped on here. Um, we lost uh, Paul Cotton, uh, who is the writer of the international hit song Heart of the Night. Also the, a member of the band Poco and the Illinois Speed Press. Uh, he passed away at the age of 78. Uh, I'm going to run through most of these guys because there's a bunch of them who we sure. may not know that well. Uh, we lost the lead singer of the 1950s doo-wop group, The Harp Tones, Willie Winfield. Uh, he passed away uh, earlier this week. Uh, they're probably best known. They're heavily involved in the Goodfellas soundtrack more than anything. A lot of their music was used for that. But he passed away at the age of 91 of a heart attack. Uh, we, from the Derek Trucks band, we lost their senior member, uh, Count Mbutu, uh, who was their drum, one of their drummers, had a couple of them, but one of their drummers passed away. Uh, he'd been a drummer from 2004 to, to earlier this year, even. Um, but he was, hold on a second, Count Mbutu was, uh, it actually doesn't say. He, he was just, he was the oldest gentleman in there, in, in Derek Struck Band, uh, but he passed away earlier this week. Uh, from Bill Haley and his comments, um, we lost Al Rappa, um, who after Bill Haley and the Comets broke up, there were two members of the group who had competing Comets groups, wow. uh, one led by Al Rappa. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Rappa, passed away earlier this week uh, at the age of 94. He was a bassist for the 
Bill Haley and the Comets. It's amazing any of those guys are still around, to be honest. Uh, we lost Charles Connor, uh, who was the drummer for Little Richard's band. Whoa, 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 whoa. He died? Yes. You, oh, wait, you, you interviewed him. I did. Multiple times. Oh, my goodness. No, 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 just once. I, I didn't know he passed away. At the age of 86 on, Ju- on July 31st. Oh, shit. Okay. Man. Okay, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, man. No, no. It's uh, That was one of the first interviews I ever did for the site. Just uh, Not just Little Richard, uh, Professor Longhair, drum for Sam Cooke. Uh, his the riff that he did was uh, uh, keep, uh, keep a knocking was then used on Led Zeppelin's. Uh, uh, Been a long time since the rock and roll. I had to think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Rock, rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man, his drum yeah. seat in the Hall of Fame. That- yeah. Shit. Yeah. So I had him, he worked with Sam Cooke. I, I saving him towards the end here for that, but he worked with Sam Cooke, Jackie Wilson, the Coasters, yeah. Big Joe Turner, uh, Gordon, uh, sorry, George Lightfoot, D. Clark. Um, yeah, a whole bunch of people as a member of the Louisiana Music Hall of Fame in 2010. Um, he was working in an autobiographical documentary up until his death. Yeah. He so. was, uh, he told me this, the story about, uh, when uh, little Richard went straight kind of sort of because mm-hmm. it, was, it was they were in a plane together and uh a lot of turbulence under. I forget exactly I'd have to go back and look at it uh because it was a transcribed interview no I didn't do it it's a transcription shit I wish I kept that audio recording and uh it's like after that that's sort of like when he found religion again because uh, little Richard always had that issue with religion, no, we know Little Richard had issues with himself and sexuality, the church, and whatnot. But uh, yeah, Charles Connor, he said, he said, uh, like it didn't matter to him that Little Richard uh, was gay because he just got all the love. He-, he didn't have to fight for leftovers. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he was. Oh, I love talking to him. Black women, yeah. white women, didn't matter. I got them all. So uh, yeah, he it's passed away. He apparently had been in hospice care. Um, he had hydrocephalus uh, prior to his death. So yeah, okay. Yeah, sorry, I, I I had him towards the end for that reason, but um, yeah. No, I, I I missed that. I missed it completely. Um, we lost uh, Metal Church's lead singer Mike Howe. Um, unfortunately, hung himself this week at the age of fifty-five. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, they're working on a new album that they're planning to release in 2022. Uh, he's their second, their their original singer David Wayne also committed suicide back in 2005. Uh, so he's uh, the second one of their lead singers they've lost this way. So, but yeah, he was he was 55 years old. Um, even younger, at 46 years old, we lost Joey Jordison from Slip Slipknot, yeah. the drummer from Slipknot. Mm-hmm. Um, also a member of the Murder Dolls who are a horror punk band. Um, I didn't see, did you, that happened when I was away. Did you see what he passed away of? No, I, I didn't. I neither, but he was, in September 2013, he was named the greatest, world's greatest metal drummer by the lead, leaders of Loudwire. Um, he won also the best metal drummer in 2010 
uh, uh, for, I guess it's called the Drummies Awards, voted by 6,500 drummers worldwide, and he won. Um, so, so young. I mean, you don't think that you're going to be doing, when we're doing, like, I guess the death roll, death march, whatever we want to call it, that we're going to be talking about a comet and a member of Slipknot. You know, the, the eras don't even remotely intertwine. Yeah. So far apart. So die so young. Well, actually, I see, I see right here. He had acute uh, transverse myelitis. Um, so he lost the use of his left legs. And it, st it stopped him from being able to play the drums uh, before he was, re was rehabbing. He, get, he did a whole bunch of medical help and intensive work in the gym. But he passed away in his sleep at the age of 46. Not a good week for drummers. No, not a good week for drummers or bassists because we lost, of course, Dusty Hill. Yeah. Hey, so uh, how, 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 how did he die? Sorry. <laughs> I... I don't think there's anything from his touch. Um, oh, oh, well, uh, he, he wrote Tush, of course. And yeah. that was one of that was one of the few songs he sang for uh, as a lead for uh, ZZ Top. Um, he said he suffered from there was no cause of death announced, but it, he said he suffered from chronic bursitis. That um, doesn't. It was, I don't I, I just I don't I don't know. I don't know exactly what he what Dusty was. I. As I've brought up before, Zombie Zombie Top uh, is one of the great bands of all time. They, they were struggle when they, they got in the Rock Roll Hall of Fame on their first nomination, not their first year eligible, but their first nomination. It was a struggle to get them through the nominating committee. And finally, I can't remember who, somebody was holding them up. And finally, there was like a deal made to get ZZ Top on there if some, they voted for somebody else. It was like a backroom deal. And ZZ Top like soared into the rock hall and whoever the other half of that deal was didn't even come close uh, to getting in. But like uh, the ZZ Top is, I mean, it's one of the most influential, they, they, they are Texas. They are, they are Texas rock music. Mm -hmm. uh, and and one of the most iconic looking bands of all That's time. For sure. I, I just sometimes on the background, I'll just put on some old, some what I call comfort flicks so that I don't really have mm -hmm. to like, turn my head around, you know, just mm -hmm. uh, working on whatever it is I'm doing for the site. It was Back to the Future 3. I did turn when, when I, just when they were doing that little uh, guitar flip. Because, mm -hmm. you know, you, you kind of have to. They just look like they, ZZ Top, I, I think I had, on uh, a lot of their albums, I think pretty much after Eliminator, which which made them to the brought them to the mainstream, but it also killed them, right? Because that, that that's what they tried to replicate too much after, and it just never. Yeah, everything they did after was not good, in my opinion. But fair enough. Having said that, a lot of the people, myself included, because I would have been twelve when Eliminator came out, or eleven. Uh, got Eliminator, and then my brother just said, oh, cool, you like this? And then he had all the old tapes, like El Loco, uh, Deguelo, and I'm blanking on some of the other ones. Uh, Tres Hombres, I think, was another one of the albums. And just, just kick-ass Texas Blues. Yeah. Just yeah. So, so good. Uh, 
also too apparently he was just like one of the nicest most humble guys uh mm-hmm. listen to the jim Cornette podcast who's a, a pro wrestling manager mm-hmm. and so we talked about his meetings with with dusty hill and just and he because he was a big wrestling fan but he never used his name to get you know to to, uh, to get tickets he just would show up mm-hmm. you know and just shit like that and then he, he met him a few times and just like super kind humble talked about he used to get christmas cards from dusty hill like just a good guy and it's those are sort of the heartwarming stories you don't hear enough of i mean it's always no. the debauchery which i'm sure he did i'm sure he did but you can do all that stuff and still be a nice guy absolutely absolutely uh so i guess that's the hammer huh for that. Yeah, that is definitely the hammer of this group so yeah dusty we, we we're left with uh we're left with um, the other members, Frank Beard, of course, the man without the beard. I know. But he, he and Frank Beard have been playing together in a band since 1966. Crazy. When they were, so at 66, he was 17 years old. And had been playing the bass for four years. He's picked up the bass at 13. His older brother uh, was playing guitar. And so on, most bass players, used to, uh, from at least where I understand, I'm not a bass player. They learned to play guitar first and bass second. Dusty just never bothered. He just started with bass because his brother was playing guitar and his brother needed a, a bass player. Uh, and they picked up they picked up uh, Frank Beard when they when he was seventeen. His brother was nineteen uh, for the drummer for their band, and they stuck together all the way through. So uh, so Billy and uh, and Frank keep trucking, but uh, sorry, Dusty. Adios, amigo. Adios. So I guess I've got the, I literally have the hammer this time. Usually I don't. Yeah. Uh, so elevator up, elevator down. And that's where I look at someone who in their past week did their Hall of Fame chances, whatever Hall of Fame that might be, improve. And I got someone, not necessarily that it improved, but someone we've never talked about. I thought it would be sort of interesting. Uh, he got a bit of a standing ovation recently in what will be his last international game. Well, a standing ovation for who was there because mm-hmm. right. right there aren't that many yeah but we haven't talked about this guy uh someone who i think will get into the basketball hall of fame on the international side and should uh argentina's luis scola mm-hmm. who i was looking up some stuff here let me bring that up uh, i had no idea his international accomplishments were this filthy like just sick so in addition to his long career in the nba uh, so with the, with the Rockets, uh, Phoenix, Indiana, brief time with Toronto. Uh, and he was, you know, he had a couple of pretty good seasons uh, with Houston, uh, looking at like three straight years, averaging over 15 points a game. But internationally, oh, my God. So he's actually number one all time in FIBA Eurobasket in field goals, fourth in the limit. Uh, it's rebounds he's sixth all-time in olympics number one in fiba points scored fourth uh, olympics one in FIBA, number one in fiba i don't see how this guy doesn't get in on an international ballot completely yeah uh, i mean as i've said before dino raja is in there's no way louis school is not getting yeah uh, i wish i knew exactly how they decide that shit because we don't uh i would imagine I think this is his final year playing for his current club team in, in Italy, I believe. But just like a great international player from everything I've read, just a phenomenal guy. And, you know, 
I can, I'll say it, do it again. Hats off to you. Uh, you. You had a great career and I'm glad you got, that the people who were there sort of gave you the proper send off that you deserved. And oh, Olympic gold medalist too. That's not easy when you're not American. Correct. And, Very correct. And he's done that. Also has a bronze, got lots of other hardware. It's- yeah, the, the US has lost to France. Mm-hmm. In the earlier in the the first game was the U.S.'s fifth ever loss in the Olympics on the men's side. Uh, I think if they get through Australia, they've got it, uh, and then I'll lose it again. Well, that's all right. I don't mind. I don't. I don't mind losing this one. This to me is a win-win because I always cheer for Team USA in basketball unless Canada ever gets in, which doesn't happen. Although there's man, we got some good players now. You do very much so. Yeah. So that, and that's all thanks to Vince Carter. A, a lot of that, I honestly believe that. Another, he's is he's not up for the Hall of Fame yet. They they didn't do it immediately the next year. It's like, so wait, yeah, they, they will when they need money. Like, man. They will when they need money. Yeah, and um, there's somebody big who's going to move the needle. Hey, I, sorry, I before you go to your elevator down, a quick question for you: If um, uh, why well, can't think of his name who played with the Spurs all that time, who was with the Nets and retired? His name is his escape. Oh, uh, Tony Parker. No, 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 no. Oh. Uh, was with the Nets and retired this year because uh, he had a heart condition. Oh, LaMarcus Aldridge. LaMarcus Aldridge. Thank you. His name right now in my head. There's uh, rumors that Aldridge has gotten a clean bill of health. Nice. And is coming, and is coming back. I hope so. Do you think he has a shot of making the hall? he's a fence guy. Yeah. I was just wondering if I think, I think he needs more time. I think if the nets get their act together and win the championship this next year, which is entirely possible. Um, not, they're not going to, those, those three head cases. Imagine that. Look at look, Laker. That, how interesting would this be? Uh, the battle of the head cases versus the battle of the aged. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Lakers don't, I don't think they have anyone on their team under 32. How old's uh, Anthony Davis? Oh, that's actually maybe true. I forgot. I only forgot about Anthony Davis, but like everybody else, they have signed in the last the last few days have all been. I guess he's twenty eight, uh, but like everyone else, they have signed like Carmelo Anthony. They got Russell Westbrook. They got like yeah, this Trevor Ariza. Trevor Ariza is back. He was played there in two thousand and nine. This like, was twenty fourteen. I mean, like I I uh, bet everything on him. Yeah, they or they they brought back um, uh, Dwight Howard. Like, and did he resurrect his uh, his reputation? Huh? Did he did. Uh, and so and so did Carmelo for that thing. It, it, oh no, agreed, hundred percent on Carmelo. Yeah, uh, they they both had these awful reputations of being selfish assholes, mm-hmm. and you know they both had to eat a bit of humble pie at this stage of their career. And to their credit. They did. It took Howard a while. Right. So it, it took Dwight a while. It, it really did. But yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, I would love to have him coming off the bench for Toronto if, I was, if that was possible. But anyway. Some, Sorry, my, before, before you get to elevator down, one last thing. Yeah. It's just in. Yeah. Just in. Okay. Burkina Faso just won a bronze in the triple jump in, on the men's side. First ever? First, their first ever Olympic medal. Nice. They become the 100th country to win a medal in the Olympics, in the Summer Olympics. To, doing so. It'd be interesting to see how many countries have won that don't exist anymore. No, that's also true. Yeah. I know the Dutch East Indies once made the World Cup, so 
than Indonesia, but yeah. Uh, yeah, how many of them were Indonesian? Oh, they're all Dutch, I'm sure. It's just like Curacao, it's like Curacao for, um, for uh, soccer now. They're all just Dutch guys. Uh, well, wait till, wait till we, if they ever get back to the World Baseball Classic. And Mike Piazza plays for Israel again or whatever? No, I mean, play for Italy. Yeah. You play for Italy. Now, who played for uh, Sean Green played for Israel? I can't remember who played for oh, Yeah, Team Israel, team, team Italy. Italy wins the whole thing. Like, what, what we were in, in baseball, what's baseball? Yeah. I'm sure they go wild in the streets of Rome, but I'll save that for later. Another time. Anyway, but congratulations to, the, to Burkina Faso, who has one of my favorite capitals to say, Ouagadougou. Mm-hmm. So, and actually, the reason that I'm married to my wife, believe it or not. Yeah, so uh, again, congratulations to uh, to Burkina Faso, the reason that I am together with my wife. So believe it or not, because uh, I met my wife, we will tell my children that it was in a uh, philanthropy event. Mm-hmm. It was a bar crawl for the March of Dimes, because there's no better way to prevent birth injuries to children than drinking with strangers all day. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm, I saw her in the first bar with her roommate. We went to the second bar. I was there with my best friend, the best man in my wedding. And I said, uh, there are two attractive girls. We got to talk to them. And he's like, I'm not drunk enough yet. So I just, at the second bar, I went and sat in the way we had to. I talked to her roommate first because she was closer. Uh, clear that Jackie and I were never going to be a love match. Uh, I started talking to her. I didn't realize she had a rule. I didn't want to talk to her roommate first. There's not something she'd be interested in. So I was just trying to come up with anything. And I said, have you ever traveled anywhere? She said, Burkina Faso, as among other places. I said, yeah, Burkina Faso. I know all about Burkina Faso because I represented them multiple times in the Harvard Model UN. Uh, So whoever thought Harvard Model UN would be useful in picking up a girl in a bar where I would spend my entire life with her. So, I I met my wife online. I, I was I was actually started online dating right before I met her. I uh, I actually put an ad through you know the newspaper The Onion. The Onion is a satire newspaper. Yeah, yeah. So they have a personal section through The Onion, and I figured if I put up a profile in The Onion personal section, mm-hmm. I could at least get a woman who had a sense of humor. That's damn. That was that was where I started with. So I only went on a few dates and I met my wife and. That was the end of that. I, yeah. I fulfilled my fulfilled my obligations going on dates with some other girls, and that was the end of that. So I could do a whole show on my dating horror stories, but I won't. <laughs> you have enough podcasts as it is. Oh. Anyway, ele- speaking speak, of elevator down. <laughs> oh, yeah, elevator down. Jesus. Uh, I got someone who was an elevator up, and I kind of thought she was going to be elevator down. I wanted to see what she would do. And we're going mm. to close with the Olympics. Our little literal hammer is the hammer throw. Mm. When Which is fun to watch, by the way. We watched a bunch of that. My kids loved it. Hammer Throw is very underrated to watch. Was that even on TV? It was. The men's was, at least. Okay, but not the women's, because I, I was I, looking it, for it. It's possible the women's was or not. It's, it's completely haphazard. We've already discussed this with NBC yeah. as to what's on when, so I didn't happen to see it. Okay, but. so uh, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll admit I made a Twitter mistake yesterday or today. Uh because I've been checking out other people's Twitter because I like to see, I don't, I don't post much as you know, but I do like to sort of like read the pulse of what people are saying. And you can only read it so far because Twitter's not real life. But- what? <laughs> yeah. 
but it gives you a bit of an idea of what some people are thinking. So when, when I talked about how Simone was pretty much getting 95.5, maybe higher mm-hmm. than that support, Gwen Berry doesn't even get the five. Mm-hmm. It's bad. It's really bad. And so I said a few weeks ago that when she had her temper tantrum, I'm going to call it what it was. That was a temper tantrum on the podium. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, you want to be famous because you can look on her, on her social media, which I did. This is a woman who wants fame. I, I truly believe that. So let's see what, you, what you're going to do with it. It wasn't great. It wasn't great. Uh, forget the fact that she came in 11th. And a lot of people are ripping on her for that. Okay, 11th in the hammer throw. 11th in anything in the Olympics is impressive. I'm not going to dump on anyone for that. And she wasn't expected to medal anyway. Mm -hmm. So this might be a little bit lower than what she was projecting. Might not have been. But message after message that she does or everything that she retweets is everything is just trying to dunk on whoever is hating on her, trying to make points without actually making points. She just retweets. I don't know. I, she, she, her timing is so bad in some ways because I think a lot of right now, and you, you'd know this far better than I living in the United States and because here I'm shielded from a lot of that in Barbados. I think there's just a lot of people who are just sort of like, oh, just want things to get back to normal. Mm-hmm. Jumping yeah. on, not not that she necessarily jumped on this for fame, but maybe she did. But jumping on the whole social activism va- train a little late, which she did. Mm-hmm. She didn't start doing any of this until 2018. She, she even says that herself. Mm-hmm. The way she does it, the way that she can't really express herself without seeming angry and pissed off at the world. Simone is the most likable person ever. Well, maybe not ever, but I, I, you just get this glow when you watch her. When you watch Gwen Berry, she's pissed off. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what she's pissed off at. Is it the injustice in the US? Maybe. Is it that she's not famous? Probably. Maybe. And again, I don't know. But this is where you want to become somebody that's good, that is going to be larger than life. What's going to happen to her now? Because she's retweeting a lot of other things from Kaepernick, from other from other people. No one's retweeting her. Nobody. Mm-hmm. I did something I wish I didn't do. Uh, she is sponsored by some group called Color of Change. Okay. They said how, how proud they were of her. Uh, but they spelled it wrong, athlete activist. So I responded, what's an athlete? And then there were some of the responses from back were not of a racial tone. It's like, shit, that's not real. I was more making fun of this organization with the blue check mark or not doing a spell check. I've made a lot of spelling mistakes myself, but usually if I've got sort of a graphics team, when you're putting something on, there's a little red line underneath whenever you have a word. Usually. And I think all fleet would have been one of them. That was more what I was trying to say. I wasn't trying to make it social commentary, but unfortunately some people ripped on that. But for somebody anyway, who's been in the news as much as she has on Fox, a lot. Mm-hmm. On CNN, she got on Don Lemon. 
And her social media is only at 21,000 Twitter followers. Mm -hmm. That sucks for her. That's awful. For the amount of attention she got, and that's all the social media following she has, it's pitiful. You wanted the fame, you wanted to see what you were going to do with it, and it's just anger after anger. Then it would be other things where she would say, well, all the people who hate me, well, they were sitting on the couch watching me on TV. Well, no, because you didn't make it to TV. I looked for it. I tried to find it. I tried to find her throw. I couldn't find it. Even on YouTube, I couldn't find it. Maybe it's on now, but I, I, couldn't, I couldn't find the whole thing. Uh, I question her motivation. I, I really do. And either way, to get into any kind of, to, to be some kind of agent of change, at least some segment of the population has to like you. Nobody likes her. From what I can tell, mm. not, I mean, you're not even getting retweets from your own American teammates, nothing, nobody. Pretty good elevator down. You know, I, I don't know who's necessarily going to listen to what she has to say after this. I do want to say that the people who are hating on her just for that, again, uh, they're like what we talked about earlier, the hatred to, to cheer against your own country, I mean, with Gwen, I, I don't want to say that I get it, or at least I can say that I understand a segment of it. Cheering against the U.S. women's team in soccer, okay, I, I get not liking Megan. I don't like Megan, mm -hmm. but she's one person on a team. It's, you know, it's Megan never struck me as someone who said, I hate the United States. She strikes me as someone who says, I think this U the United States can be better and I'm going to do this. And she stumbled across a path that made her, I don't want to, she's treading in hypocritical water. When she talks about victimhood and you are an unattractive woman on Victoria's Secret. You're not a victim in any, in any, in any secret, or any secret, in any world. You're not. <laughs> at this point in your life. Other people might be. Uh, I'm intrigued to see what Raven Saunders does. Mm. I'm very intrigued. That, that's someone who did protest. I, I think with the, with the X that she did was more about intersectionality and the way I understood it, it was like right after the, uh, the national anthem of the winner, winning country was played. I think that was mm. China, I believe. And just sort of did that after and like a, a big photo op and Ravens seems like a very interesting woman and I want to know more about her. Seems very likable. I don't want to know anything more about Gwen Burr. I don't. I have no, no interest in what she has to say. That's my elevator down. And Gwen, if you're listening, prove me wrong. Please. Be the agent of change that you want to be. Because right now, it's not coming off that way. That, that, yeah, and we'll and we'll we'll see we'll see what you do next. I hope it's not celebrity boxing. Could very well be. It could be, and she'll probably kick someone's ass. Also, probably true. What is uh? What's Nate Robinson doing? Ooh. <laughs> have you watched that clip though of him just losing? Yes, I have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh my god never seen anything like that so next week if we don't have anything major we could talk about the fictitious halls that's already up at dawnhalloffame.com 
uh, where you can vote on the semifinals for both the fictitious athlete hall of fame, the fictitious rock and roll hall of fame, more blatant self-promotion. Uh, we'll be reporting tomorrow. Uh, this crap was on national television. We were going to look at the time where Arnold Jackson's uh, best friend got diddled, but we just okay. have to do that. Uh, you, 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 instead, you're going to do the very special episode of Punky Brewster where Cherry gets stuck in the refrigerator during hide no. and seek? No, we're not. We're going to look at Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park, a TV movie that, that was so awful that no one was allowed to show to even mention that around Gene for years. Wow. So we're going to be looking at that. Uh, the, to, to, be, to be honest, it just sounds like a Scooby-Doo episode. Well, it was done by Hanna-Barbera. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> I knew nothing about it, but it just sounded like a Scooby-Doo episode. Not only that, Peter Chris, the drummer, was so wasted that he either didn't, depending on which story it is, he either reported to do the looping or was so inebriated they couldn't use it. So they used somebody uh, who they used somebody who had done the voice of piles of like a voice actor who would later go on to do many things for uh, G.I. Joe Transformers and okay. working at Super Friends uh, did the voice of Zan and Gleek. Oh, wow. So he, yeah. So Peter Chris sounds nothing like Peter Chris because it wasn't Peter Chris. Also Ace Freely stunt double one time, I think was black. I'm pretty sure. Well, under the face paint, you couldn't tell, so. I'm not positive, but yeah. A, a, a movie so, so bad, it never got re-aired again. Fair enough. It took me forever to find this. So that's my blatant self-promotion. I think that's a great way to end the show. With that, everyone, wherever you're listening, wherever you're watching, stay safe. And the Chupacabra says something. Uh, capybara. Yep, Chupacabra. What is that? It's a capybara. Okay, well, I don't, I don't. It's the largest, it's the largest road. My, my kid's got it. It's just sitting out here at the table. Okay. I know. See, it's the, if you go look it up, capybara is the animal that spreads with every other animal. They can hang out with crocodiles. They'll hang out with elephants. They'll hang out with, everyone loves capybara. Hmm. So. Sounds like my corgi. Sounds right. All right. I'll talk to you later, man. Take care.